You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. feel like who art ed who art is mr wood art ed me either way it's ambiguous it works i know i thought a great start welcome to who arted where we explore visual arts in an audio medium i'm your host kyle wood and today we're going to be looking at barbara kruger And Barbara Kruger was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. She was born in uh, 1945. As she grew up, she was interested in the arts. She attended Syracuse University for a year. Um, She left to help her father after he became ill. And then she went on to Parsons School of Design. While she was at Parsons, she learned from a number of uh, very successful artists, including Marvin Israel and the American photographer Diane Arbus. After graduating from Parsons, she spent basically a decade working for magazines like House and Garden, Mademoiselle, Aperture. She was doing graphic design, photo editing work, stuff like that. The thing is, Barbara Kruger found she wasn't really well-suited for graphic design work, at least not in that context. She said, quote, I basically wasn't cut out for design work because I had difficulty supplying someone else's image of perfection. The work that she was doing at that time, late 1960s, early 70s, she was making wall hangings using materials like yarn, ribbon, feathers, sequins. She was a part of the feminist movement reclaiming, quote, crafts. Basically, women's art was often dismissed as just craft rather than fine art. And in that early stage of the feminist movement, uh, women artists decided to embrace and elevate crafts using materials that had long been ignored by the quote-unquote sophisticated artists. 
And I would say we're still seeing some echoes of this same idea in the work of artists like Faith Ringgold and Bisa Butler, who are doing just amazing work in quilts, using that medium that's traditionally been considered a craft and elevating it to something for the museum. I did episodes on those artists as well, so I'm going to link those in the show notes if you're curious. But back to Barbara Kruger. She was crocheting, painting, sewing, but all of that work, it just, it wasn't really landing with her. She was getting some attention, but she wasn't blowing up either. And she moved to California where she taught at UC Berkeley. At this time, she's exploring photography, she's taking architectural photos in California, but she starts to become really drawn to words and communication and poetry. She self-published a book in the late 70s that was taking photographs and writing poems and short phrases and other things like that to go along with that. She's beginning to do the work that she later would become known for, combining text and images. I think in her mature work, what we see is kind of the synthesis of all of these different things coming together. Her work has a real graphic design quality to it. It's collage work that tends to be this bright and bold and high contrast text laid over an image using black and white and red. There's a little bit of a nod to like Russian constructivism in there, but but again, it feels very graphic design consumer oriented in its approach. She's using typefaces like Helvetica and Futura, which are extremely popular fonts because they're very clear and easy to read. And she's laying them out on top of now found images. She used to, she started off taking her own photographs, but she moved towards uh, using found images because it just, it hits differently. Kruger later said that she chose this style of putting words on top of images because of their ability to determine who we are and who we aren't. And so her real breakout success came as she started making images in like the 1980s that really captured the zeitgeist saying things like, I shop, therefore I am. But she's also wading into that sort of feminist cultural critique with pieces that say, your body is a battleground. She's exploring text and, like I said, images to address issues that were relevant like feminism, consumerism, and personal autonomy. But I think what brought it to the next level is in 1991, she had a self-titled solo exhibition at the Mary Boone Gallery in New York. And in that gallery, she basically creates installations. She is creating an immersive experience of these texts and images, covering every inch of the gallery's interior. And it effectively transformed what had been the stark, white, clean, pristine space into something that is just overwhelming. I think it was described as, quote, an arena of hostility. I mean, in her earlier work, she's creating these collaged images with text that would challenge the viewer to think about social norms and societal values and all of that sort of stuff. And 
when she brings it to that level of an installation, the viewer can't get away from those issues. We're forced to grapple with them. And it has a different resonance because of the scale and because of the immersive experience. In my full episode on Barbara Kruger, I spoke with Jen Lieben about her untitled piece, parenthetically called Don't Be a Jerk from 1984. And in that work, we see just a black and white image of a sea of people all crammed together with this loud, bright, red and white text right in the center saying, don't be a jerk. Even though this piece was created almost 40 years ago, I feel like it still resonates today and maybe just in a slightly different way. There's something timeless about that message to don't be a jerk, although I would prefer to state it in the more affirmative, just be kind. But in her work, we see a crowd gathered together as if at maybe a concert or a parade or something else, a a massive cultural event that brings everybody together. And I think one of the things that is wonderful and perilous about the age that we're living in today is we have social media and all of these mass communication platforms that have the power to bring us together. But we need to remember that with that power comes a responsibility to try to bring people together, to find common cause and support each other, to remember we're all in this together. So don't be a jerk. Or, as I'd like to put it, please be kind. If you want to be kind and support this show, please leave a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And if you happen to be listening on Amazon Music or another platform that supports episode-specific cover art, you can see an image of the work I'm talking about right there as you're listening. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.